Chad, you know, we talk about this each and every week, but nobody seems to get the kind of guests that we do when it comes to the Friendly Confines podcast. We've had so many great names, and this week's guest is definitely on par with some of the best that we've ever had. Absolute legend, and and not to date date myself, but I was you know I was ten years old in '84, and and when Sports Center was a thing and was such a huge part of our childhood. This guy this week, Chris Myers. Oh man, I loved him so much. He was class. He he made me want to be on Sports Center. Definitely one of the smoothest guys that has always been on television, and he can do it all. Like you said, he can anchor. He can do great interviews. He can do play-by-play. He can do the sideline reporting. So it is great that we had the opportunity to spend some time with Chris Myers, who's our seventh-inning stretch guest in this special edition of the Friendly Confines. Time now for the seventh inning stretch, and we're joined by Marquee Networks. I think one of the biggest guys on the marquee of the Marquee Network, Chris Myers from Fox Sports. Chris, welcome to the Friendly Confines. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you. So it's it's we've got a lot to talk about today, and I want to just dive into what's going on right here. We are in the second week of the season. Um, you know the. The Miami Marlins have not had an opportunity to uh, to really take the field. The Cardinals have been faced with some issues. The Phillies have been sidelined for a while until they have the test going through. Are you concerned that this season is not going to finish up? Yeah, I am concerned, but but I I'm optimistic that they'll find a way to to do it. Uh, that's why they put in things like the expanded roster, et cetera. I, I really think baseball had they gotten their act together both i'm talking owners players union etc back in early july they, they could have got things rolling and left more open dates and and tried some different things but it, we are where we are now I'm, I'm thankful whether it's a 60 or 50 game season uh, they'll have some season and and i i think that it's important for them to at least get to the postseason and i was in favor just in this circumstance with all the adjustments of having an expanded postseason because I think it just gives us something to watch for, root for, uh, and allows players uh, to play. So much is out of control of, about this, and there was a lot of misinformation, and, and I, 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 I applaud all the sports that, that are trying, Chad, to go forward, and, and I, I think a lot of them waited and, and looked at circumstances. Obviously, baseball and the NFL are not in a bubble. That, that seems to be the more effective way, uh, as we're seeing with NBA and hockey. But again, that could change because there are so many unknowns. So, Yes, overall, every day. And, and when I go into cover, whether it's a box office, want to talk to the guys from Marquee, every day is a new adventure about this team, which affects that team, which affects travel. Uh, and this team is going home, and that team is, is going to play somewhere else because you, their, their state has certain rules. It's the reality of the world we, we live in, but I, I think that it's better to do something than do nothing and proceed forward with caution and learn along the way because I think whatever you go through doesn't mean we're out of the woods by next season or 2021. And you can use whatever information or whatever experience you have to be that much more prepared, if you can be, to have a full season next year. Yeah, and so many people, at least initially, uh, kind of grumbling around about you know the DH in the National League and the the runner on second uh, in the tenth inning, and, and now we're talking about potential. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about uh, seeing that we've seen it already the uh, the seventh uh, seven inning uh, double headers. Um, I think most people that had those 
issues before are pretty much over that now. How how are, are you dealing with this? Because, I mean, your your life is sports 24-7, 365. Aren't you just glad to be seeing baseball? Yes, yeah. It's part, part of my job, part of my future, and our, our network, you know, our coverage, uh, people excited. It's, uh, you're right. We went. I went from complaining about, what, we can't at least have an 81 or half a season to, like, I'll take any games we can get. This is the fan part, and then, and then obviously, the working part of, hey, let's have something. That, that represents a, a season. So, but, but obviously, you know, health and safety have to be number one. And, and I think they've made it where players, you know, most of these sports, you can opt out. Uh, and that's certainly understandable. You should not pull a Jonas Cespedes, which was done unprofessionally. It really doesn't do with opting out. It had more to do with his, with his attitude. So, and, and I know there are some players in some leagues and, and there's loopholes and things like that, but at least you have that choice. And that's what I think is important in this situation. The fans have a choice and some are like, how dare they play with what's going on in the world? Well, you know, we American, we need sports and yeah. baseball is his own field of dreams. It survived world wars and depressions and, and in terrorism and it, and, and it, so it's it's important to, for us to have something uh, to latch onto to rally around to bring us together even if we physically can't necessarily be together at the stadium. The ratings have been through the roof this past weekend. They're over sixty percent this time last year. They're up twenty five percent. Not that it's all about ratings, but but the point is, Chad, that people care. It, yeah. it matters to them. And if you if you're safety first, then after that. Uh, will adjust, and that's kind of what what I'm doing as a fan and and as a broadcaster. And I understand that something else may happen, and uh, the Field of Dreams game, which uh, we were going to broadcast, has been postponed until next year. And, and and that's a sad thing, but but at least other teams can be able to play. We'll have, I think, we'll have uneven records and percentages versus one loss. But that's why I think everybody watching this knows we're do, they're doing the best they can. Yeah, we'll dig into the Field of Dreams games in, in just a bit and your role there. But uh, let's start talking about the Cubs. You know, what has been your impression so far? We're two weeks in. This is a team that, that uh, has got a lot of uh, a lauding from, from people on the outside of really taking uh, COVID seriously, really being aligned on, on, on wanting to play and be safe and be, be, uh, be aligned with that. Um, so that's a positive. But then on the field, these guys look like world beaters right now. What do you think about the Cubs? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, and I know that the organization, from having visited them in, back in February in the original spring training, uh, before we even knew this was a serious, they were, they were taking other things in terms of their preparation for the season very seriously and have done that since with the second go-round and, and adhering to uh, the safeguards, at, at least as, as we stand now. But I'll tell you a couple of things, you know, the, the, the known, the, the unknown, uh, and and then what jumps out at me, the, you know, the note is I knew the team would hit. I, I love the depth, but it's the catching position. I'm mean, obviously healthy. Uh, Bryant, Rizzo, guys are going to go in and out of the lineup. Bias, but but they their lineup and the addition of the DH, uh, I, I just think is one of the one of the best in in baseball. And, and they've shown that. But but the surprise has been the starting pitching to have yeah. the second best ERA in the National League. Uh, and, and again, I, I thought we'd get Lester. In fact, he may have been helped uh, by the short season. He's kind of a perfectionist, so he can use all he has for, for the, just this stretch and, and for the Cubs standpoint, hopefully a postseason. Darvish is still a, a, an up and a down, and you might get the good one, you might get the bad one. But you know, Kyle Hendricks, great start. I know he came back to reality on the second one. Alec Mills is has really mixed changing speeds has shown a lot of effectiveness. He's really worked at his craft. And I think this goes into a credit to the organization. And, and the other one, the other thing I was going to say is the, the expert David Ross, I thought he'd do well. It's almost like having 
a catcher out there and a pitching coach and your manager. Uh, and I saw this a little bit in, in spring training. He knows this team well. He's been on World Series teams, the blending of age, youth, of unusual situations and circumstances. So for a rookie manager, it, it certainly hasn't looked, and I know it's very early, but just the feel he has for the personnel on this team with the front office, the long-range plan, and, and then getting it done on the on the field in, in certain situations, leaving in that, that early way, leaving Hendricks in, having a sense to name him as your opening day starter. Some of these things, and there's going to be some some missed things, I'm sure, because nobody's perfect. But to me, these are the things that jump out at this team. And I, I thought it was a three-horse race that that Central Cardinals, uh, Brewers, and, and and the Cubs. That yeah, and I still believe the Reds with their starting pitching in their lineup. Uh, although they could be the, uh, as Mark Race called them, the, the Cleveland Browns of uh, of baseball in the offseason. That everybody's picking them, and they should do well. But let's see them do it on actually do it on the, on the field. And the Cubs have certainly uh, exposed them a little bit early. But, but anyway, I, I, I guess I'm saying that I'm more convinced that the Cubs can uh, can make a run to the division title in the playoffs now that I've seen them play in the first couple of weeks. Let's dig a little bit deeper into uh, D- David Ross. And, and I, I'm firmly convinced, and we, we would have had many storylines around Joe Madden um, and around his tinkering, and, and he is a legend in Chicago sports, so there's no besmirching him at all. But uh, but he had a way of inserting himself into the storylines uh, with how he managed the pitching staff, the lineups, moving things around. For David, what are you seeing and what are you hearing from your colleagues and brethren at, at the Marquee Sports Network in terms of how he's carrying himself every day and what sort of manager he is in, in relation and in comparison to his predecessor? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to be around them because of the limitations of, of COVID-19 and, and travel other than early in spring training, so since the, yeah. the season ha- has started. But even when he had an illness, not COVID-related, it had to sit out, I think, because uh, just, just to be careful. Um, I, I just think he's he's very very wise, but but uh, but street savvy, and I and by that I mean street savvy about baseball, having had the kind of career he's had and had to earn a lot and be around superstars and be on teams that some weren't expected to do to do much and they accomplished. So I, I think what I noticed is his personal relationship with with players. Without it, I think that was a concern. Oh, he was a buddy uh, and a teammate, and now he's got to be the boss. And so he's been able to be the boss, the guy in charge, but but in a uh, in a in a friendly, firm way. Whether it's you know having with Baez or or even some of the pitchers. And again, a guy who's who's caught uh, games knows the strengths and weaknesses of pitchers maybe more than a guy who's who's just out there in the in the uh, you know playing in the in the infield or the outfield. So and I I, I was kind of you know I I don't know how much from broadcasting he he took. Some people have asked him about that from. Uh, from his time off and then going into the manager position. But I, I would say that he's very comfortable with who he is, and I think his players see that. So that authenticity is something I think that there's a quick trust there. If he says something, even if they don't agree with it, I think they're willing to go with it, even if it's something that, that okay, it might be awkward for them to do it this way. I mean, this is We're doing this for all of us, and it's going to work. And uh, and so far it has. Now, I still – you know, we haven't addressed the bullpen and 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 the closer role, but but even that, uh, they're shuffling people, and it's you know whoever can get the job done, and he's he's not afraid. He doesn't want to embarrass any players, yeah. uh, but but he wants to get the job. That's a that's a perfect example of, boy, that's a tough spot to to be in given the the personnel you have. But somehow so far, because of the starting pitching, it's uh, it's been able to hold up, and that's a credit I think to Ross. When you look at this team and you, you, you look back, even go all the way back uh, to the resurgence and, and when they really 
stepped onto the scene when they brought Lester in in 2015 along with Madden and uh, and and really kind of put the put the stake in the ground to say you know what we are here to compete. Are you surprised with with how successful they've been to be able to go to three straight NLCSs, break the curse, you know, go to the uh, win the World Series, uh, uh, have some some really in- incredible moments during that time? Or do you feel like this is a team that, that should have done more um, and has faltered? Yeah. Yeah, well, look, to me, it's all about getting that, that you know, that World Series title, which at least <laughs> they, they got that. But, yeah, I, I think the, the Cub fan side of me would say, or the greedy Cub fans I know, would say, hey, we, we should have won more, you know, at least another one. I mean, there are a lot of organizations that, that can say that, uh, you know. So I, I just looking back, not the nitpick, but I think they had the, the, the personnel was better, the players, the talent on the field, and I'm not blaming Matt or the manager or management, um, but I there there were some situations. I mean, like, let's look at the Dodgers, for example, and, yeah. and, and you know seven straight division titles and a couple of World Series, but they didn't win one. So what, you know, which do you take if you have a choice? And sometimes you don't even have a choice of of if you can get there. And that's why I thought at least the Cubs could have, could have gotten back into another World Series if not won another one. But um, yeah, I, I I think the organization now is at it's not a crossroads, but there's a key point coming forward with how are you going to keep all of these guys, this, this lineup. And, and yet, you know, you've got some aging pitchers and you don't have a, a closer that's, that you can at least say, I, I can count on and get me through a couple of seasons. So uh, that would be a concern as to where we are now, but, but yeah, the bottom line is they, they did get a world series. And so for whatever it took, just like you talked about Joe Bad, and it, I think too, I think it was the right, the right time, maybe a, maybe a year too late. It got a little awkward there with the situation. Uh, and, and maybe the Cubs were waiting for the right guy to find to replace Matt. At, at, at this. When you think about how, if this season plays out, if we get the 60 games in, if the expanded playoffs goes through, and if it's if it, if it's intact, so in other words, you don't lose like entire divisions or teams, and, and it truly is um, all the teams going right to the finish, what would this title mean for a franchise? Would you know the Dodgers? I think are the last team to really have an incomplete season title, and nobody really talks about that unless it, this comes up. What do you think it would mean for a a COVID shortened season World Series? Would that would that be uh, forever uh, kind of tarnished, or do you think that it would be as special as it right now? Baseball right now feels very special. Yes, it does. It still feels special. Even you know, it's funny. We, we like you were talking about when we opened this. You can complain about a seven inning or the runner at second base, or well, there's only sixty. But when you're you're sitting there watching your, your game, whether whether as a fan, uh, whether it's the Cubs or the your your Yankees, Red Sox, you're into the game. You you don't think, and, and actually some of these, you know, ten inning guy at second and extra inning, it's been fun. I mean, it's 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 a different type of thing. But in other words, you don't lose the appreciation for your team and for baseball being played, and that's why. I, I, somebody, and I wouldn't say this season would be tarnished. Uh, it's it's obviously different. We all know that. I, I think the audience, you know, we, we accept this given the circumstances. As we said, something is better than nothing. Somebody said, well, uh, and I don't know who said this, but it's a great line about well, the season will have an asterisk next to it. And it's like, no, it'll have a star next to it because I really believe, not, not to be, you know, hokey, but I, I, I think that uh, when we look back on this, however a team got through this year, whether it be the health issue or the, the traveling or who they play, uh, it, it's going to be special and stand out. And, and I think they'll deserve a lot of credit. Now, in some cases, it might be unfair. You lose a, a key player or two for two weeks because of not an injury, but because of COVID-19 or quarantining. It's a disadvantage. But the, again, the ones who can take advantage of that, and early we've seen uh, some teams, obviously, that the Cubs just, just be prepared and going by the protocol. 
that have an advantage. So I, I think it, no, I, I, at the moment, it, it, when we get to that World Series, and if it, that's the key to as playing the entire postseason, getting the seven-game World Series in, or if it goes seven, um, I, I, not that we're going to forget about how we got here, but I, but I don't think it will detract. And in fact, I think it'll be a greater compliment to the team that, that ultimately wins. And yeah, I mean, you're right. If you're a baseball fan and you're not listening and watching to every single inning, I mean, you are missing out right now. So let, let's, let's uh, switch gears for just a second. What, man, what a season and what a year to launch a, a baseball network, <laughs> the marquee network, uh, you uh, are unof- or you're officially uh, listed as as a as a as a as a broadcaster, so you would be doing some of the games um, and also a studio host. But obviously, all of those things have been kind of thrown into lurch. What what is your role with the marquee, and and how in the heck did the Cubs get you? Because you are at the the face of so many incredible sp- uh, sports and and so many incredible events with Fox Sports. What what brought you to the marquee network, and what do you hope to be able to do? Well, one of the first things, and I you know, grew up a, a Dodger fan, but I grew up in South Florida before they had their own teams and super stations. Obviously, the, the, the Braves and the Cubs, you'd get sometimes the, the, the Mets on WWOR when they'd carry them down there. So I, I as a kid in the afternoon, uh, would get Cubs games going back and on TV and being based not having our own you know, spring training down there, but we didn't have our own major league team at the time. So. So the Cubs were kind of a team I was always familiar with, and at the time they weren't really great, but they had some cool players. So, and it's just the whole feel of of, of Wrigley and the, the comfort of, of of hearing their games. It it, it became a part of me, you know. So, um, and then obviously I work out in California, so I've always had a soft spot for the Cubs. And when the Marquee Network was being put together, uh, there was some interest about helping out behind the Len Casper and uh, filling in on some play-by-play, which I'd done with with, with Fox. And I'd done, of course, baseball for years. The studio helped Chris Berman and I put on the Baseball Tonight Show back in the days, uh, also in and around sports. So uh, there, there was always this, this passion for baseball. When the network had their crew, they were adding different types of people. They wanted a blend of some other people to help you know the broadcast insight, whether it's a Rick Sutcliffe from ESPN or or a Carlos Pena from the MLB Network, and and, and then having myself, I think Mark DeRosa was another one. So um, they asked, and what really helped seal the deal for me, and I had an agent talking to Mike McCarthy, uh, ran built up MSG in New York, and then has done a great job with this. And then Mike Santini from the Baseball Network has come over. So these were these were you know people I knew that. We're not only good with baseball, but good with running a running a network and a channel. And so I've had other opportunities, but just never had the time or the room with Fox and my assignments. This time there was. It worked in the schedule, at least given on a on a regular season platform. But Bill Murray, who I go back with, enough to name drop a, a long way from <laughs> met him at the ESPYS in the early '90s. We hung out, we each other's houses, we built families, we golfed, whatever. Uh, he's a very unique guy, and as a diehard, we're just talking baseball with him. He's a terrific uh, Chicago sports fan, whether well, any sport. And a really astute sports fan with anything. He could watch golf and, and be a broadcaster if he really wanted to. But he always pushed me and said, hey, you know, your voice, you have the right voice for baseball. You should do more baseball. And I'm like, well, you know, studio, I'm, I'm doing whatever, whatever they assign me to do. So uh, he happened to, uh, I bet you that, when I got the call about this possibility. So I think he was over in Europe doing a movie uh, or something. And he said, well, you, know, you have to do this. You have to take that. So I have an offer. I said, I said no, I don't. I don't I have an offer to get. I said, it just sounded kind of exciting. And I thought I'd let you know because you were always the guy. And I said, this is the Cubs and it's their own channel. Finally, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a big deal. This is really one of those special teams. And 
situation. So he goes, well, who's the, who's in charge? Give me his number. And I, I said, well, I, you know, so I gave him the Mike McCarthy's number, and I, McCarthy called him. Uh, you know, I, I forget what time, but it was 2 in the morning over there, popped him a message, and then the, the, the McCarthy call, called him back. And Bill, I, I guess, the big McCarthy said, hey, you know, you got you got the gig. If, you know, if, if you listen to Bill Murray, he just said you could do anything or whatever. You know, it was very complimentary in his own, his own weird Bill way. And again, him being such a Cubs fan, it was like tough to say no, I guess. You know, that's you have to have a marquee side of it. But that helped in a limited basis. I'm really a part-time contributor, but uh, when it allows, we'll do more when they need me to, to do more. So that's kind of a – I know that's a long story, but that's yeah. even a shorter version of, of some of the other things that happened in the, in the process. So that's kind of the whole tie. And disappointed, like everybody else who's had to adjust in this world with uh, you know jobs, and it feels so bad for people who've been affected yeah. by this yeah. and lost family members and, and, and different things. But it, it wiped out, obviously, a lot of our plans and some of the things we had going for now. But there's always next year going for, going forward or possibly in the postseason. We had, we had Lynn on just a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, love Lynn. Love his broadcast. Would love to hear yeah, you. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. and would love, But would love to, to hear you and your take on the mic. But it's probably in the shortened season, probably not going to be likely. It's, yeah, his, and obviously with the schedule. I, I'm, I really love Lynn Catherine. When I did a few Fox uh, Cub games, I think I did one with Eric Karros years back. We were at Wrigley. And uh, even when we went in to do a White Sox game in Chicago, I, I really enjoy Len's uh, comfortable style. Yeah. He's a, just a very likable guy. And him and Jim Deshays, they have a, a fun with a sense of humor. And so it's, it's really it's a, it's a nice group. And, again, that's to be a part of, of, of a broadcast like that. And then adding some of the other people that they have, Mark Grace. So I was set to do a game with uh, Mark Grace and uh, Rick Seckler. But, in fact, the Dodger Cubs series in May was, was one I was going to – uh, fill in for Lena and do that, but obviously it was it's wiped out with the scheduling. So, uh, but but those are that that's it, it's more than just another job here. This is an exciting kind of thing to be a part of. So yeah. all the little pieces that I tried to explain in that story kind of fit together. It was like yeah. you know this is this is right. Got to go for this, and I'm grateful for for the opportunity. We've got time for just a little bit, a little bit more with you. Appreciate your time so much, Chris Myers. Uh, Marquee Network, you see him everywhere on Fox Sports. Uh, and now you did say you could, you you would name drop or you can name drop. You know him enough, Bill Murray. But you know, I'm just saying, if you know, if you talk to him next time, you tell him you know a guy with the Cubs podcast. Would love to have him on. <laughs> but uh, let's. Oh yeah, he could. Yeah, he could talk. I tried to get him on our little Cubs trivia show that we did during. I love that show. Yes. So, and he he wanted to go on with, with Billy Williams. That's one of his favorite oh, Cubs yeah. players. And we were trying to make that happen. Uh, but I, I don't know what, well, first yeah. of all, we, we got games back, which was the, the, the priority. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he's fun to talk, uh, it to was talk a, baseball with. And baseball announcers, too. He's got a good ear for things. Yeah, a fun show. You get, you're getting such great guests and, and really fun format, especially when people are just stuck at home. So let's let's dig into uh, the, the one thing that we were talking about right ahead of time. You mentioned it before. You were supposed to be there for the Field of Dreams game. Um, we're hearing reports that it was a logistical thing and not the health and safety, not the issue with the Cardinals. What are you hearing? Why was it canceled? Yeah, and I wasn't actually assigned. A bit. We started limited, limiting travel for this, so I wasn't actually going to work that for Fox, the, the White Sox Cardinals in, in, in Iowa. But it was, and, and all the details aren't known, but it really was more with players and logistics. Not This was not COVID-related. And I, I honestly don't know. I'm just guessing it had to do with maybe a backlog of, of all, all the, the concern of seeing what we saw with the Marlins or other teams when there is a, a, a trickle-down effect in terms of so, so more space, more open dates, less 
which is less going out of your area. In other words, that's why you're yeah. playing a lot of your teams in your division and st- trying to stay. And that was, that's the tough part of the baseball. Maybe they could have, you know, maybe they could have made more of a, of a bubble where teams stay at the same hotel. I know they had first talked about that in Florida and Arizona, because wherever you are, obviously you have this threat. So um, that's what I'm hearing uh, unofficially uh, on that. But the bottom line is it's not going to happen and, yeah. and it's understandable. And, and, and I, I kind of feel that, you know, it, it's better to wait till next year when, you can have fans. I mean, when I first heard about this and being such a fanatic of the movie and baseball fan, I, I thought, well, you got to have fans in the, you know, whatever stands ever going to make something in the cornfield and I, whatever. I mean, that, that makes it just as much as I think playing a, playing a game there. So hopefully we'll be able to do that next year. It's a great idea. Well, you know, if it's a big event, you're probably going to see Chris Myers there. Chris, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I have to say this uh, real quickly. Uh, um, so I, I'm, I was, you know, 10 years old in 1984 when I truly became a Cubs fan, you know, racing home just like you did prior, you know, seeing them and, and seeing them on WGN, the Superstation. And I wanted so much uh, to be Harry Carey, wanted to be Steve Stone. Um, and then I would watch Sports Center, and I'm telling you, I wanted to be Chris Myers, and still to this day, I want to be you. You are a, uh, you're you're a class act. You are professionalism. You are steady, and it is a thrill to be able to talk to you here on the Friendly Confines. Yeah, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. To, very nice of you to say. And that's what's great about you know sports and sports fans. It links people that never really met before through through generations. However, and and that's why it's really good to have uh, to have baseball back and and to be able to talk about it with you. And I'm excited. I, I did. I would have said this before. Uh, we had the long haul of the show, but I think, you know, the Dodgers are the team to beat in the National League, but this Cubs team, I'm telling you, a little bullpen help. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I, but I think they can make a nice, uh, a nice run, at least get, you know, get in an NLCS or something with LA. And then of course we have to, everybody has to take on the Yankees. So it'll be interesting to see you there, but, uh, but I enjoyed talking to you. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking time and, uh, and be safe. All right. We'll talk to you again. Our special guest, again, Marquee Networks, as I said on the lead of the interview. I think one of their top marquee guys, uh, Chris Myers, who you can see him everywhere in sports. He's been with Fox Sports for the longest time, um, the voice and face of, of their football coverage, uh, in-studio host. We'll do play-by-play for Marquee. Not doing as much this year because it's a unique year, but we will see him sit in um, and play-by-play. And I love that story, Rhino about uh you know about how bill murray reaches out directly to the head of the marquee network and said you got to hire this guy i mean listen i i said this before but if bill murray ever called up someone for a job i was applying for i better believe i'm getting that job (laughs) if you're getting a call from bill murray to give you a recommendation and put him at the bottom of your resume. So pretty cool stuff for sure. And that was great that uh, Chris uh, spent some time with us. And uh, of course you can find Chris on Twitter at the underscore Chris Myers. Apparently there's other Chris Myers as well. (laughs) So it's at the underscore Chris Myers, if you want to follow him. And and I love it. He's using the, he's using the same naming conventions. I'm at the Chad Gordon, um, but no underscore. You are at at the Ryan D Lieber. Um, And Chris is a really good follower, uh, follow on Twitter. He's very active, has a lot of great takes, a lot of great retreats, but, um, and I just really enjoyed the conversation with him and uh, such a class guy. And I could have talked to him forever. So really thanks a lot. And Rhino, Who gets better guests than we do? No, nobody does, Chad. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's more to come 
in the coming weeks with some really big names that we have lined big up. So names. Please, uh, don't go anywhere and stay tuned. And of course, it's very important that we engage with you, the listeners, because you have an opportunity to be a part of our podcast. Go to our Facebook page, learn about the contest that can put you in an episode of the Friendly Confines with Chad or myself or and myself for that matter. We would love to get you guys involved. Go to the Facebook page for more information and you can be a part of the show. So that is going to wrap things up on this special edition of the Friendly Confines. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Wrigley.